Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Luke and Pete show. My name is Pete Donaldson. And I'm Luke Moore. Welcome into our uh, cave of shite. <laughs> Something I didn't mention on uh, Coming Monday, live Luke. from the cave of shite. Great. Exactly. Um, we, were, um, we were talking about space, the final frontier, etc. Yeah. Uh, earlier on this week on Monday's show. Uh, I uh, neglected to mention that I was um, involved in a uh, family pub quiz situation. I know a lot of you have also been doing quizzes yeah. over the uh, lockdown period. Um, not my family, someone else's family, <laughs> very clear. And yeah, I was doing a pub quiz and um, one of the questions was, um, what is the name of a 1981 space mission slash shuttle um, that um, was named after a South American country? And I went, right, that can't be what I think I'm, uh, think I'm thinking because it, it is a completely different spelling. And I would like to take the time now on Thursday um, to air my grievances <laughs> about the fact it's not named after Columbia, the country. It is named after, I believe, the river or a ship that was on that river that resides in the north of America. I was very upset about that, Luke, because that lost me a point. Yeah, that's. it is really frustrating when, um, when you, especially if you're a pedant like me, when you get <laughs> questions asked, and you know the answer, but the but the um, the question asker himself doesn't quite know it, and all the question itself is worded in quite a vague fashion. It kind of makes me it sends it sends my anxiety up actually when that happens. So you must have been. Very, <laughs> I mean, who were you doing this with? Your friends, family, or something? So were you in a position yeah. so you couldn't really pipe up? Didn't feel like I had the. We had people from uh, who was who were, who were dialing in from Italy. We had people from Hartlepool and, and the surrounding areas. So I was, yeah, I didn't feel like I could kind of you know. Do a do a David Brent and get annoyed about it. Yeah, you'd go home and get a book. Mister Spock is half human, half Vulcan. <laughs> yeah, disappointing. So did that ruin your weekend? Did you win the quiz in the end? Uh, no, we came second to uh, a boy whose birthday it was. So, oh, what? Mm, what sort of annoyed. what sort of Mickey Mouse jamboree are they running here? Joke, absolute joke. On a, on the Sabbath as well. Pete, I mean, what I would have done is I would have tried really hard to win, so it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> those kind of injustices well, that really they play in my mind you're like um you're like michael jordan in that documentary where he'll make up a slight that never happened so it'll fire yeah. him up enough to to win a win a basketball match he sounds the more the deeper i get into this bloody documentary he sounds madder and madder <laughs> and even then the documentary 
was fact checked and, and and basically you know gone over with a fine tooth comb by Michael Jordan and his people themselves. So yeah, to to put him in the best light, and he still looks like a madman. Different breed though, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, the thing oh, is, people, it's, it's, your, sporting your... excellence it's, it turns you into a maniac. I, I, being an incredibly gifted uh, uh, artist on the basketball court or football field, I genuinely think you can't be a normal person and be a born winner. You just can't be. It's inter- I'd be really interested in your take on it because when I watched the documentary, and I've seen it all in its entirety, and for those who don't know, um, or those who have been living under a rock or whatever, and we will get to your emails because we said this would be an email special, um, <laughs> but, but just get this done first. For those who don't know, we're talking about the last dance, right? About Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls in the 90s and their final season. And there was a lot of, not necessarily, I think it would be unfair to call it backlash, but I think a lot of surprise and certainly a lot of chat around the way Michael Jordan particularly behaved among his colleagues and his teammates and, 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 the, yeah. and the franchise in general, just because he wanted to win so bad. And a lot of people have said, that, you know, through the lens of 2020, would this behavior be acceptable? And I have to admit, my first response to that was, and I suppose still is, well, what do you fucking expect? I mean, he ain't, yeah. he isn't going to be the kind of guy who is going to get you to the way he got those. I mean, not not necessarily on his own, but certainly made a huge, huge uh, contribution by just being like, oh, don't worry about it. And and don't forget, a lot of it was based around the idea that if you're a young rookie or you're a problematic character and you're not going to dedicate yourself the way he is and you're not going to turn up on time and you're not going to practice hard, et cetera, et cetera, you're going to get dug out for that. And I, and, I, and I didn't even necessarily see, and I won't spoiler it for you, Pete, if you haven't seen all of it, but I didn't necessarily see his teammates who were being interviewed today about that time even really complaining about it. None of them complained about it. They were just like, oh, just, it's just how it was. And looking back on it, maybe it was a bit harsh, but I never would have got where I wanted to get if it wasn't for that. Mm. No, I mean, when he punches that small player on the on the, on the, on the But pitch, he punched him back. Um, he did, well, he started it by pushing him. I yeah. think he punched him in the chest and then Michael Jordan punched him and he said, oh, I hit the, I hit the smallest player on the team. And it's like, I because you don't see much of that guy on the field, I, I'm sort of like going, well, what was his job? If he was that short, he shouldn't have been anywhere near basketball. He's a legend, by the way, Steve Kerr. He's a coach of the <laughs> Golden he? State Warriors who've done so yeah, much yeah. in basketball, you know. Yeah, he definitely looked look, look much like, uh, more like a coach. I enjoyed the documentary immensely because I have no idea about basketball. I've never even seen him much before. Uh, no, have I really? Um, Get, uh, didn't yeah, Steve Kerr? Didn't Steve Kerr come across as an amazing guy though? Like he seemed really, really sound. Yeah, he seemed pretty, pretty, pretty level-headed. I think everyone did. Uh, Mag- Magic Johnson sounds uh, like a really nice chap. Is he a really nice chap? Has he got some shit that, that I'll say know, that he's mate. brilliant and lovely? Just uh, the, the problem with saying um, I'll, I'll use the wrestle me uh, thing where we were talking about. Um, uh, 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 um, I think he's Mexican uh, wrestler, uh, Alberto Del Rio. Uh, we were talking about how good he was in the WrestleManias that we watched. And then last week, um, he was uh, arrested. I think he's in prison again. He's arrested once again for doing something terrible. Um, it just right. seems like it just seems like it's it's very hard to review something that's 10 years old because in that time, someone will have done something dreadful that you just don't want to fucking think about. So, oh, yeah, I, I felt, I felt, I felt um, foul of it during... Um during um, Last Dance, not, similar to you, not really having any kind of um, mm. pr- knowledge about the subject, no real basis and knowledge of the subject. And I think I tweeted at one point a certain player who was um, who seemed really cool in an interview and got mm. bombarded uh, with replies because that man was a rapist. So um, right. I did. I had no clue. I mean, it's just you don't have any idea or any knowledge, really, do you? So, um, But but I, I found the whole thing... I mean, the, the coolest guy in, in the whole thing was Phil Jackson, I thought. Yeah, he seems quite 
play. It's just I just like how long he is. Yeah, and really all of these tall, men look awkwardly tall. All of these all of these men, especially when they get a bit older, they get a bit um you know, their face gets a bit rounder and a bit fuller. And you're sort of like, Oh, he look he look he looks pretty uh, pretty lovely. And then in 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 their in their previous lives as, as basketball players, you're like, how are they so long? They don't look long now. Like they must, it must be such a surprise if you see someone in a coffee shop that's like sitting down having a cup of tea or whatever, and then they stand up to be like six foot five and go from a sitting position. <laughs> it's just the most. Well, I'm six three, Pete. I mean, I can give you a bit of insight. If you oh, want. gross. <laughs> I don't even want to think of. It. Yeah, but they. But but imagine you. But like like. Three or four inches taller and really thin as well. It just—it's bizarre, a bizarre That's physicality. A I can't get with vicious. <laughs> no, but like really, like we're well, not quite broad-shouldered, so like there's no—they're—they're—they're they're, they're lighter than you. Like it's—it's it's weird. It's—it's—I it, don't get it. I don't get it. I don't. It's a brilliant it. documentary, though, isn't it? Anyway, it's really well done. Oh, it's smashing, the footage I've got is wicked. Right. Some of the moving back and forward is a bit uh, confusing. confusing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, what I year am I in? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit yeah, because the thing is, like, it's really fine when you're watching something and it's set in 1996 and then it scrolls mm. back to 1910. But you can get that, right? <laughs> this one's like yeah. 1997. Oh, let's scroll all the way back to summer 1995. And it's, like, it's not really that different, is it? So for those of us yeah. who don't know anything about basketball, we might need to have to think about that a little bit. I'm, more, trying, yeah. I'm trying to look at the um, like the bus that they're on. It's like, is it, was that the old bus or the new bus? Has anyone <laughs> got a mobile phone in their hand? What would, um, somebody um, that I know tweeted that his, um, in, a, in a slightly uh, poor way, in my opinion, um, so, so my missus uh, said that... Uh, my missus said that uh, asked whether it, when you get on a coach as a footballer, do you get dropped off at your house, um, or do you get dropped off somewhere else after you played a football match? Like say Arsenal go to I don't know Stoke or something, and then they drive back to Arsenal. Does everyone get dropped off at the stadium and everyone gets picks up their cars? Yeah, I believe and, so. And yeah. Or do you get yeah? So I imagine that's the case. But like, is missus sort of asked like could could you not just drop people off on the way? Like, do they not get dropped off on the way? And I was oh, thinking. Why? Yeah. Well, like, because I used to, because I used to live in Holloway Road, and I used to um, get a train back from uh, back from up north, and it would go whiz straight past my house and go to King's Cross, um, and I'd have to get like you know travel another like half an hour back up the line. Effectively, it, I could see my house from the train as it rattled through into London. I'd be like, oh, for crying out, could they not just let me out here? So I'm thinking, like, why wouldn't if your house is on the way, why couldn't you just get let out? And just <laughs> so just I read a story, Pete. Um, it might have been one of those Ben McIntyre books that he does about spies, like those real life John the Carre books. Yeah, and there's an eccentric. I forget who it was exactly. It doesn't matter, but it's this eccentric guy is part of the Secret Service. I think. I mean, I might be having the complete wrong end of the stick, but anyway, someone I read about back in the day definitely used to do this, where mm. they would get the train back to their nearest station, but their their house and their back garden backed onto the railway line, and apparently right. this one geezer. Um, like five minutes from getting off at the station, um, he would wait for the train to go past his garden and throw his briefcase out the window so Jesus. it landed in his garden so he didn't have to carry it all the way home. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Which is like, by the way, if you can throw it into your garden, it's probably got nothing important in it, which means it's probably quite no. light. So I don't really know what you're doing there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Pete, Very let's have enjoyable. a break. Let's have a break yeah. and come back and do some emails because we didn't do email. any at all on Monday. All right. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And we're back with the Luke and the Pete Show. It's a Thursday, so we're going to be filling your hungry ears with some delicious emails. Shall I start, Luke? Please do. All right, we've got one from David. I don't believe this one for a second. Hi, the Luke and the Pete. <laughs> I thought I would share a story to make you both wince. Uh, my friend's mum is a nurse, and a couple of years ago, we asked her about some of the worst injuries she had ever seen. She told us quite a few that made us want to throw up, but there was one that was far worse than any other. She told oh, us she was on shift one night when a guy was brought in with a severe injury to his man parts. She asked him what had happened, uh, and gentlemen... Uh, gird your loins <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah this is horrible and after some embarrassment he said that he'd been using a public toilet when he heard a noise in the next cubicle he looked down and saw a glory hole and decidedly uh, decided uh, stupidly that he would stick his knob through it unknown to him the guy in the cubicle next to him wasn't there for that he was shooting up heroin and freaked out when he saw a stranger's penis coming towards him so he did what anyone would do um and shoved the email right through the guy's member. At that moment, the guy who had shoved his penis to the wall instinctively pulled back, and when doing so, his manhood came back through the hole, but the needle didn't, uh, which meant that it split the penis in half lengthways. Imagine the forked tongue of a snake, says David. Um, uh. After I had stopped feeling faint, I asked her how it all finished up. Fortunately, the guy was uh, able to be sewn up, and everything ended up working again as it should, as well as not being infected by the needle. I think it's a lesson learned by anyone, uh, for everyone, though, especially Pete, don't go stick your penis through holes in the wall. Another fine job by the NHS. David, I think possibly the friend's mum, the friend's nursing mum is has been taken for a ride there because, so to speak, uh, because the man sticking his penis into the glory hall, he's been up to no good. He can come back with that story saying that he put his penis through a glory hall and and a, and a heroin addict jabbed. Uh, it's not a, a great couple story, it. though, is it? I mean, it's not. What could you well, be doing that's worse than that? I mean, he's probably just tried to do that BME thing where you split your penis into two. Like the, you know, the, the, the BMA, think, the, the body modification guys. I don't <laughs> think any of this happened. I think this is a cool, complete bollocks. 
Well, I think the friend's mum saw the penis being split. People's penises get split. Lads like putting their penises in weird places. So I reckon he just made up a story, and that became the story. Um, but I don't buy the knee-jerk reaction from an inebriated heroin user is to jab a fucking <laughs> syringe through a bit, especially when it's valuable heroin. If you're jabbing a syringe That's the thing, Pete, penis. right? I'm telling you now, if I put myself in a position, whatever right. I was doing in a public toilet cubicle... I might say I was taking drugs, say I wasn't, but I'm putting myself in that right. position. I'm trying to empathise with the situation. I'm sat there. Maybe I'm just taking a shit. Call me a bluff old traditionalist. I wouldn't take a shit in the right. toilet, but say I am. I'm sat there. Why, why right? wouldn't you? What if you really needed one? Okay, it, depends, it depends on the public toilet. So right, it's okay. not the point. If I sat there and a penis came through the hole in the side, right. I am telling you now I would probably ignore it finish what I was doing and just try and get out there as soon as possible. I would not be doing what I think at best is a low percentage play and starting to engage <laughs> in the with the penis in some way to try and get rid of it. And I certainly would not be shoving a sharp implement into another man's penis <laughs> because I don't think the punishment fits the crime. That's what. No, I don't think it is. Yeah, and you could accident- accidentally have, have, have just popped it through there by accident if you were particularly gifted. Um, I've never touched <laughs> a man's penis. Would you know? I've never. T- I, I'm, 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 I think I've never t- touched a man's penis, uh, skin on skin. So I'd, I'd take the opportunity, give it a little slap, something, see what it, see what another man's penis feels like in my hand. Just would slap you not? it as hard as you can. Would you? <laughs> well, that's what they want. They want, they want something to touch it. Would you I not mean, give it a little, give it a little touch? No, I think if I, if I was decided to go down the route of touching another man's penis, skin on skin, I think I would like to know the person. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, yeah. it's important, is it, to get a fuller picture? Right, I see. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, can, yeah. I, can, I, can I move us swiftly on to an email that I think will be uh, Please do. really well received by our listeners, but actually quite poorly received by you, Pete? Okie dokie. It's a beauty. Go ahead. Um <laughs> The, the title, I know regular listeners will know that I give little titles to these emails so I don't forget what what they are. And the title I've given for this one from a while back is Pete has angered a gamer and I am here for it. Oh, no, no, no. Hello, lads. As a long-time fan of the Football Ramble and Football Ramble Daily, I decided to get stuck into the Luke and Pete show while I have a lot of time on my hands during lockdown. I love the show, but my once favourite rambler has got my knickers right in a twist. <laughs> Oh, no. Pete, during episode 199.98, I couldn't help but notice you call Zelda Breath of the Wild, in quotes, a game for children. (laughs) As a 23-year-old man who spends most of his free time playing computer games, I find this assessment repulsive. (laughs) Beside the main game being relatively challenging, there is an unbelievable wealth of things to do. Yes, you've managed to make it to Hyrule Castle and defeat the mighty Ganon himself after completing 40 shrines. What about the other 40 shrines visible to the player? What about the other 40 that are hidden and only unlocked by the completion of quests? If you've completed all that, how about collecting the 900 Korok seeds spread throughout the game? And what about finding the odd ball at a certain location at a certain time of day to access the monster shop and then saving up enough monster parts to unlock unique items with unique (laughs) A child can do all this? Show me the child! This also, <laughs> this almost certainly won't make the show, as I'm sure you have more pressing matters to bring to our attention. But if you're still making use of your Nintendo Switch, I highly recommend Dragon Quest XI. All the rest, uh, all the best, Ross from Birmingham. Pete, this man is fuming. 
Ah, uh, yes, isn't he? Yeah. I'm sorry, mate. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. I, I think that's a well, fair you're backing assessment. down now because you were making backing a cheap political a point bit. about me the other well, week. Well, I mean, the fact that I am only like five shrines into that game uh, dictates that I, I don't really have, I'm not in a position to discuss the, the difficulty. Uh, but certainly the stylistic cues of that game uh, is definitely slightly childish. So, you know. But Pete, you've apologised to Ross of Birmingham, but are you going to apologise to me as well? Um, no, because you, you because you buy the maddest games ever. I mean, I I'm don't playing Witcher Three still. You, you like you that still one? Still getting through that? Yeah, I enjoyed that. It was very good. It's slightly more adult uh, experience. I think it's fair to say. Well, you sometimes you cut people in half. You do sometimes. You cut people in half. There's nothing more adult um, than that. I'm going to tell you what. I mean, don't put your don't put your penis through a hole in the cubicle when the girl of Rivia is on the other side. <laughs> you have it right off in his little yeah. star. <laughs> oh yeah, I bet his penis is a right mess. To be fair, oh mate, he's covered his scars in his upper body. The, best, yeah. the rest of his body is absolutely ruinous, isn't it? Um, uh, Disaster Report Four: Summer Memories uh, is uh, my recommendation. I don't know whether I've talked about this on this podcast, but uh, in the shadow of a massive earthquake, you must brave a destroyed city where your choices will determine who survives. It's What's literally it uh, Disaster Report Four. Is it it's on the Switch? The worst. Yes, it is. It's the worst game. I paid fifty-five quid for it. Oh, inexplicably. for God's sake. And, and it is the worst. It is the worst piece of shit I have ever played in my life. It is a PlayStation Three era game uh, that has managed to convert for for the Switch. It is uh, dreadful. You just spend your time walking around the ruins of a city, uh, just giving people sandwiches and you know telling people where their friends are. It is unspeakably bad. What would Ross from Birmingham think of it? Um, he would. He would have. A, yeah, he would have an issue with it because he's clearly a man who um, respects games. Oh, suck it! I mean, up he's to only now. Tw- oh, was he twenty three? Yeah. I mean that's not you know I mean that's not that all in the grand scheme of things. I mean we're ancient compared to him. Yeah, that is true. Um another quick one from me, Pete, is from um Ian who says, uh in a weird in a weird Luke and Pete coincidence, you spoke on Monday, that's last Monday, of the distinctly average director McGee. Do you remember that, Pete? Yes, I do, yeah. But apparently we failed to mention his magnum opus because he did in fact direct the video for one week by the bare ba- naked ladies. Oh, wow. So there is a bit of a look at big connection. Very, yeah. very oversaturated colours, that uh, proper 90s video, that, isn't it? It's been... It's up there with, like, Lit's um, My Own Worst Enemy in that kind of very 90s... Or Steal My Sunshine by ...oversaturated colour. <laughs> yes, bang on the moped in slow motion. Great Love tune, it. though. Great tune. Got a lot of time for that. Fantastic. Um, Omar Khan has got in touch. Hello, Omar. Thank you very much. Uh, hi, gang. Gang, we're a gang now. Uh, I think you may find it interesting to know you've made some uncanny predictions slash commentary which have come to fruition on the Luke and Pete show. I found myself to be in the position where I was uh, dis- drastically behind all of my podcasts to the point where in April 2020, I'd only listened to December 2018 of our show. This, however, has been to be, uh, proved to be a boon during the lockdown as Luke and Pete my episodes are generally Seinfeld of podcasts. I now find most of the show about nothing. Um, that is an I amazing myself... cr- uh, um, compliment to us. I mean, I've never watched yeah, that, I, I'll but take, everyone seems to like I'll it. I'll take that. He turns up in that uh, Michael John documentary, doesn't he? he uh... Yeah, he does, yeah. Hey, no, no one's pleased to see no, him as well. Gonna... No, no, every, nobody get... Even Michael John can't pretend that he watches Seinfeld. He's like, hey, this, uh, these guys here, they watch your film. They watch your uh, TV show. And you're like, oh, thank you very much. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> so weird. Um, yeah, um, this is where the uh, plot thickens. I've been listening to two or, 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 uh, two or so um uh, look at Pete Short uh, episodes while doing my household chores, and I'm starting to catch up. This is where the plot thickens. Um, uh, whilst doing the washing up this morning, I listened to 136 episode uh, Digger Destruction what? from the 24th of uh, January 2019. Um, 
I was so shocked with what I was hearing that I dropped the slotted spoon I was scrubbing. Oh, they are difficult to wash sometimes. Um, in this episode, you touch on four individual topics which are sufficiently remote that they cannot all be classed as one uncanny guess slash statement. I've ordered and rated these uh, based on the strength of the prediction in a Nando-style grading. Uh, do you want uh, lemon and herb, medium, extra hot or extra hot? I think start from lemon and herb and build all up. Right. Nucky dokey. Um JCB uh, JCB chat turned to how an irate scout digger driver smashed up a hotel foyer as revenge for an unpaid bill and commenters made regarding it like a, a riot which has echoes of obviously civil unrest all around the world. Um that's your lemon and herb. That's where we're starting that's, that at. That is man, tenuous. Well, that was, is tenuous we, but it we does We mentioned get the word riot and then there was a riot around the world somewhere at some point later. But it does. I'm not saying we started anything. I'm just saying that we're obviously, um, you know, we're talking about something. We're talking about four different elements of life that in one show has been um, replicated within the last couple of weeks in the world, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, no, fair next? enough. Yeah. Medium, medium or uh, extra hot? I told you, or start hot. off and build up. All right, okay. Boris Johnson. This is medium. Whilst on the chat of diggers, you referenced how Boris Johnson was paid 10 grand to stand in front of a JCB for a speech, and there seems to be general incredulity that this was acceptable. Little did you know, six months later, becoming leader of the Conservatives and ultimately becoming PM and December the 19th would continue expressing his JCB fetish by driving a JCB through a polystyrene wall labelled Brexit. The JCB Boris Johnson action continues. <laughs> It's hot. It's hot. We're getting hotter. We're, we're getting spicy. It start getting hotter. Yeah. Next, the conversation turns to how certain web browsers have a plugin which places warnings and flags on sites where the content is known to be spurious. We're talking Infowars, Alex Jones, David Icke, etc. Little did Luke and Pete of January 29 consider that in June 20, uh, the uh, effing president of the United States would no less would have his fact-checked uh, fact check warnings on his tweets due to the utter load of bollocks spouted. You then commented that if you're an author or consumer of content deserving of such a warning, you really need to have a long look at yourself. I'm going to move straight on to extra hot. Okay. As part of discussions regarding a couple who were shocked to find strangers in flagrante in their cruise room, the chat wanders over how to uh, to how cruise ships are hotbeds for illnesses, legionnaires' disease, and how a norovirus outbreak on a cruise ship is the closest thing to a modern-day plague we will ever have. I listened in horror with the knowledge of the key role that cruise ships would play in the initial stages of the coming COVID pandemic and the larger crisis to come. Luke Moa, we've gone from lemon and herb to extra spicy. Yeah. Uncanny or just the Luke and Pete show in microcosm? I think it's just the Luke and Pete show in microcosm, although I do understand yeah. that there are some interesting kind of um, portents there. And apologies to those who mm. could hear my cat whining away in the background during yeah. that, Pete. Um, he, he wanted to go out, as, as he always does when I'm in the middle of recording yeah. a show. But that is an amazing piece of work for, from that emailer to, uh, to find those coincidences and share them with us. Mm. In one episode, just a lot of, you know inverse kind of yes emotions from the future can i can Love i take it. the email section and turn it um a little bit more cerebral and right. this is a bit of a gamble and i don't fully understand this myself but uh, someone called pete has emailed in i, I presume mm. it's not you pete although no. your track record on this subject has been far better than mine but it's um it's from a maths phd student uh, at cambridge talking right. about the holes in straws and all that kind of thing. Pile in. All right, I'm going to read it, and maybe we can try and pick over the bones of it at the end and see what part of it we understand. You probably understand more of it than me because you've got this uh, much better 
background in it than me, as, as we discussed before. But we'll give it a go. This is from Pete. Okay, um, he's not given his surname because he's probably ashamed of emailing our show. He's obviously should be have better things to do, but but we very, very much appreciate him sending in the email in. He says, Dear Luke and Pete, on a recent episode, you discussed a question from a listener about how many holes a straw has. I found this very interesting, and clearly you did too, since it made it into the ad for your podcast during Football Ramble Daily. Uh, I am a maths PhD student in Cambridge, and as with many other discussions of this nature, this makes me uh, fully qualified to ruin your fun with a boring speech. Here we go. The classification of surfaces and the problem of how many holes something has is actually quite a subtle one in maths. In short, this is because holes are not actually part of the surface you are trying to describe and being precise about whether or not they are there is actually quite tricky. It depends on exactly what you mean by hole. It turns out there are in fact different types of hole. The most common definition is called the genus. This is equal to the number of different closed loops you can draw on the surface and then cut along, which does not make the surface become disconnected, i.e. split into two parts. For example, as every child can tell you, a balloon has a genus zero. So if you cut along any loop drawn a balloon, you will end up with two separate parts. (laughs) A hollow donut has genus one, since if you draw a circular loop going through the center, i.e. the shorter circle, and cut it along, and cut along it, the object remains in one piece. It becomes a horseshoe shape. Similarly, a donut with G holes will have a genus G. From this, you can see that a straw, in fact, has genus zero, since cutting along any loop you draw will separate the straw into two parts. So by this definition, a straw, in fact, has zero holes. Strangely, this means a straw would only have a hole if you fastened the ends together and made it into a donut. Interestingly, though, by a different definition, you might say it has one hole. Although they both have genus zero, a straw is different from a balloon because you can draw a loop around the straw, which can't be smoothly contracted to a single point. This is not the case on a balloon where any loop you draw can be shrunk to a point without breaking the loop. In fancy maths language, they have different Betty numbers. The one type of unshrinkable loop on a straw means it has one one dimensional hole. A balloon, on the other hand, has no one dimensional holes, but it does have a two dimensional hole where all the air is trapped. So by this definition, they both have a hole, but they are different types of hole. I hope that wasn't too boring. And thanks for your chat during these strange times, Pete. Now, Pete, I don't understand really any of that. So maybe you can help me. I think it's very much like, you know, when you're a kid and you get told by someone that time is the fourth dimension, uh, erroneously, um, and then you kind of um, realise that it's not. And then someone tries to explain to you um, how you may um, display the fourth dimension on a uh, three-dimensional matrix and you just can't get your head around it. People have tried to explain the fourth dimension to me so many times and how that might you know, manifests itself in in a visual kind of uh, situation for me. I honestly cannot get my head around what that manager has written into an email. <laughs> no, same. And when when you find out that people who study something like the origin of the universe, or mm. they get into such deep theoretical physics that they're having to do maths in different dimensions, mm. it's it's just. I mean, no one is going to get that. I mean, you're talking about a, a, really a handful of people. I mean, Malcolm Gladwell talks about it, doesn't he? When he talks about how the criticism he gets for his books is that he gets criticism from scientists, scientists that say his work is too broad. And he's like, well, yeah, but the thing is, you're writing a book for probably an audience of two hundred people. Because I'm yeah. trying to write a book for an audience of millions of people, ideally. That's the whole point of this. So I think with 
this type of thing, the audience for it is so small that it's going to be very, very difficult for any normal, in quotes, person or, or regularly educated person to get it. And I think with the um, the dimensions thing, the, one, the only thing I can offer on that is that I was once taught that if you draw a stick man who um, could only move back and forward or up and down on a flat piece of paper, it's obviously in theory going to be impossible for him to understand the third dimension, i.e. depth. And that's the position right. we're in about the fourth dimension. I think the only way it can yeah. properly be explained is through mathematical equations, right? Which is of no use to anyone, certainly not any use to me. <laughs> this is no use to anyone. Get no. out of my sight. Take, yeah. take your bloody But we, we welcome and, and appreciate Pete um, uh, emailing mm, in to hello at com because I'm, I'm, for one, I'm very, very happy that a PhD student in maths from Cambridge is finding anything at all of worth in this show, to be honest. Can you imagine? Can I know. you imagine? The mind um, does buckle. Got- Got an email from Dev Clayton. Oh, Dev Clayton. Uh, I was in Japan at the moment, uh, listening to your discussion about glass and Japanese windows on Monday. Reminds me of a theory I once read about technological developments and the use of glass in Europe and Asia. Um, uh, consider this. Number one, to the lack of glass technology in China, sight-correcting lenses did not develop and become used there. Number two, scientists and thinkers on both continents would read by lantern or candlelight late into the night, thus ruining their vision. Number three, European scientists, unlike their Asian counterparts, could correct their vision with lenses, this allowing them to read effectively uh, for more hours per day for more years into their old age when scientists apparently come up with their best ideas due to standing on the shoulders of a greater volume of giants. Uh, Long story short, Europe caught up with and surpassed the earlier uh, technological advancements of China because of glass. Still leaves us with a question that Dave uh, writes at the end of his email. Why didn't China develop glass? That's all I want to know. (laughs) That's all I asked at yeah. the start of this. I, I, I can't <laughs> think of why. I know it's the case. I don't know why it's the case. And no one else seems to know either. Would Pete, the PhD no, no, student, know? Maybe. I think, I, think it might be, uh, I think that might be part of a joke, actually. And why? <laughs> what? And why didn't China develop glass? They had good China for cups. That's I'm what confused. I said. What? They used to use... Well, they developed China really they? early on, so they didn't need yeah. to develop glass as a vessel. Right. That's okay. what I said. So, you said it was wrong. Did we... I didn't say it was wrong. You, I was talking about the the windows and the, you know the idea of um, having no windows in a Japanese house. I didn't care about your cup theory. Yeah, it's got conflated Gosh, some point along the way. Well, well, speaking of like things that may or may not be true. I mean, I don't necessarily do, do you necessarily buy the uh, the um, scientists in in the West um, having glass, so therefore having corrective lenses, and therefore because people travel. <laughs> I think, glasses, Pete, I think know. you know that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was like somebody speaking to uh, Ma- uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Um, somebody was telling us, or reminded me of, um, I think it was in uh, Freakonomics, where he was sort of talking about, you know, like um, Mayor Giuliani, where he sort of said that his uh, his zero tolerance kind of approach to um, policing, like really hard-nosed policing, uh, really... Um, helped his his city uh to to become a less crime ridden um kind of situation and and then somebody and then gladwell apparently uh, pointed out that um it's apparently more down to the fact that abortion was made legal 18 years before yeah, that, that, that is like, in, I, yeah. again that's in freaking noise but that wasn't written by gladwell that's written by stephen dubner i think oh right okay there you go. yeah but no, that, no, that's, that, that's definitely is, is gladwell isn't it oh, am I going to say no freaking noise is, is dubner and levitt but you're right to say that that right. is in that book absolutely right yeah that's that's that does exist as a theory in that book yeah um what was i going to say to you oh um and with the conflation on the glass thing what i actually originally said was that it may is that why they didn't have glass in japanese houses i think that's where the confusion comes from but i'd like to know if there's any kind of scholar out there who can tell us definitively 
if it is true that glass didn't develop in that part of the world till much later on, uh, or yeah. if they didn't develop it independently, and for what reason, that's what I'm going for. Um, All right. Then. So, so yeah, that's that's Pete. That's what I want to get out of this. Really, that's the only reason I'm still doing this show now. Hello, <laughs> If you've got any ideas, if you've read yeah. a book on the matter, if you watched a yeah. YouTube video on the matter, we want to. Well, let's got we've got to draw a line somewhere. <laughs> Have you been watching any no, good no, YouTube no. channels recently, Peter? No, I've not. I've, I've, I've uh, my YouTube drop my YouTube video uh, watching has uh, dropped off uh, what, exponentially. <laughs> Taken out, yeah. It just keeps on because uh, yeah, that boat you sailed out into the Mediterranean. <laughs> <laughs> I just want everyone to you know play with a straight back. <laughs> yeah, I think we all do. All right, let's uh, let's wrap yeah. it up here then, Pete. Thank you very much, everyone, for getting in touch. If you do want to get in touch again, uh, hello at lukeandpeteshow.com. We're at Luke mm. and Pete Show on Twitter as well, which we do peruse occasionally, so it is worth tweeting us on there. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with more of this nonsense. Uh, I'm hoping at some point soon we might even be able to get back into our studio, but we're not sure when yet. So we'll mm. keep on going as we are for now. But thank you very much for your your uh, listenership. We do appreciate it. And all that's left for us to say is have a lovely weekend. And we'll see you on Monday. Tati bye-bye. This was a Stakhanov production. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.